0: Hello all, it's Chris Hayden again, I am the pastor at Kendrid UMC and one of the hosts of the podcast you are listening to right now. This week we have Ben McInturf, who was a uh, guest earlier on the podcast, but we had him back because we actually, after talking more with him, think we got his number type wrong. So you're in for an interesting discussion on uh, what it what it means to discover that you are not who you thought you were uh, as always please check out our uh, uh, social media Facebook Instagram our YouTube live show every Sunday night at 6 p.m. and rate subscribe all that jazz Uh it all helps out a lot and away we go here we are we're
1: good. nice and awake
0: nice and awake We did it. I took a little cat nap, had a little sleepy times, and then realized like, oh I better it's getting very close to time. And so we talked shit about somebody for a little while and now I'm wide awake.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I did kickboxing today instead of regular boxing and it's so much more fucking tiring to do kickboxing than It's like
0: twice the amount of boxing.
1: It well, it's just more like twisting and turning and like hip work. Like, with boxing, I can kind of just focus on my arms and, like, my feet position. With kickboxing, it's like a whole different ballgame because you have to turn your feet a certain way. Yeah, it's like
0: twice to... as much boxing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Not really, but yes. I see your point.
0: It's much more than that, actually. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of kickboxing, actually. Um, welcome back again. Bye Chapter 2. Chapter 2, look who's back again that'd be me welcome (laughs)
2: um
0: there's a bug in here sorry um uh welcome once again uh it's been so long since we talked about having you back again i I remember the conversation but i do not remember what actually sparked the like we should like there was a thing that we were talking about that was like we should have we should have you on again wasn't there
1: you've really you really forgot
0: yes (laughs)
3: <laughs> we, we do one of these every week. <laughs> it, it was because I'm no longer a type 2. I'm a type 8.
0: Oh, that's right. Cause, I see.
1: Because he came cause, on, to the whole podcast, so I had, thought he was a 2.
0: I had so locked into the, like, oh, I, I'm pretty sure the type 8 that I forgot that, forgot that we had, had And then I was like, yeah, type 2 never happened. You know, it's fine. Like, I forgot that we had. And I, I, here's how my stupid memory works. I actually remember that conversation, and a lot because I think we had it on this couch even. But I remember that conversation happening on the previous podcast. Like I don't think it did at all. Now that I'm thinking about, oh, now that I'm remembering saying. why, yeah. You know, the previous but like,
1: podcast was like the summer,
0: right? Yeah, but now we've had because. Because this front room has become the office of the church, you know, like (laughs) pretty much. Yeah, so like they all the all of the conversations I've had with people blend in, and we record so many conversations now. Because that's the only way we can have community is through the internet.
2: <laughs> yeah, so
1: god, so bless god bless that
0: vaccine the sooner I know it's it gets coming. here the better it's
1: coming i know some people who like have been i know some people who are part of the Seminole county had the freezers and did like a test run of 3400 vaccines or something and if you were over 65 you could sign up to get the test run i know some people who did nice. oh actually that would be a really that person would be a really interesting podcast Ooh, actually i
0: should lie about my, my age and i think i could get the vaccine
1: my girl deb <laughs> jepson i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to her my old debate coach she careful
0: got it. careful about naming
1: it's okay matt matt will get mad at me and, and edit it out it's fine
0: No, I'll edit it out, and that's why I'm telling you, be careful about naming. (laughs)
1: I'm just going to name drop a bunch of names right
0: now. Uh, I'll have to go back.
1: (laughs) Anyway, so Uh, switch from a two You now
0: have to text that person and see if they're okay. I'm sure
1: they're fine. I
0: mean, we didn't say anything. I'm sure it's fine. But uh, you text them, because I I literally have to get in touch with every person that we name.
1: Okay. With the
0: exception of John Legg, whom I just talked to you and was like
1: lots of people like to talk about you on the podcast (laughs) my dude
0: hey man you're the patron saint of kindred umc
3: so (laughs) yeah
1: he needs to come on the podcast anyway
3: that would be interesting anyways
1: two to eight Yes. why this way i'm before i even get into type let's let's,
3: uh let's talk
0: about the journey yeah
1: i want to (laughs) hear from you what like what how how the how we got here
3: okay so two is the helper mm-hmm. and so when we took the test I uh, was a two and when we talked about it it didn't quite sit right with me and like I'm sure you pick- picked up on that um as like the fall continued and like how you talk about being a two it was very different from how like I perceived myself as a two mm-hmm. and so then we did the discipleship group and then you guys were able to observe kind of some of the behaviors and like they're not behaviors that i'm able to like see because i don't see myself like i just know that how like I'm. like you feeling. and everyone
0: else right yeah you're, yeah you're just like every other person exactly <laughs>
3: like that's why like you guys were able to kind of see like oh his behaviors match very um very well with an eight which is the challenger and so then you brought it up to me um i forget it was like after one discipleship group and i was just like oh this this makes more sense to me. Like I identify and connect with the eight more than I did with the two.
0: I remember, sorry, I was swallowing. <laughs> I was ready to jump
2: in.
0: <laughs> no. Um, I, I remember, because I, I don't actually think about Enneagram the same way that Courtney does. Yeah,
1: so when we did Enneagram Week and Disciple Group, which we keep referencing the disciple group. For people who don't know what disciple group is, it's a very intentional group of five people that meet together to kind of process through, you know, past pains and hurts and figure out their theological identity. They're in conversation with one another, really trying to learn and grow and practice empathy, both in sharing their own story as well as helping others process through their stuff. Hope I did a good job of. it. Yeah, explaining. that was great.
0: That was great. Perfect!
1: Yay! I'm I was, getting better at explaining what I was like it is. ready
0: to jump in, but you nailed it.
1: I'm. I, I've been really working on like. I
0: think that was one of the things that really worked about this past group of people is that everyone who came to the group, kind of already understood. Like yeah. there was nobody was. I don't think anybody was particularly su- surprised about getting into what we got into. Right. The way that other participants. And disciple groups have been.
1: Yeah, I've been really working on my elevator pitch for that because it was big and big and was saying had to explain. Yeah. But um, so the week we did Enneagram week, you had kind of started to talk through your Enneagram and we tried well, yeah, on a couple different it was things.
3: Like, I remember that because I was just like, I, I guess I'm a two. And I just like, you explained You're it for so me. I was just like, like, I
0: guess I'm a two.
3: Well, uh, it was just like, <laughs> I didn't know how to like talk about it more. And they didn't identify with it. Yeah. And like you had pointed out that there was such a disconnect. And I was just like, I, I I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's just, I guess I'm a two. And I'm just. I had
0: a a similar thing with four because I like, I'm pretty sure I'm a type four. And I remember the first time I realized type four and the things I read about it and the way that other people talked about it. I was like, I don't identify. However, the difference is. The, like, and it's like Courtney, like you've said, like there's some people get a lot of Enneagram stuff gets caught up in the tropes of it, yeah, mm-hmm. not in the reality of it like uh, a, a, a lot of the Enneagram stuff, even though it professes like this is about internal motivation more than it is about personality type, it then falls into describing personality type right. And so I really, for, I'm a, I guess I'm a counter-type, so like, I, I really balked at a lot of the personality stuff for type fours. I was like, I, no, that's not it, that's not it, that's not how I would say it, that's not the way to describe it. And then finally, like, it, it was Courtney, who seemed to understand the motivational aspect of it, who like described it, and I was like, that's it, I am a four. And I think we had a little bit of a, an opposite reaction with you. Where you were like, I guess I'm a two. And then in that in that moment of like going through all of the different kind of Enneagram types in the group, you we like we zeroed in on like, no, I don't think you are a two anymore.
1: Yeah. And I don't even
0: know if it was I don't even know if it was that day in that group. Well, I just I, mean, I don't think of was i bit I think, think, was was no, I was...
1: think Ben kind of landed on like a maybe, oh, maybe I a not know. And I started very intentionally listening over the course of the following weeks for certain words and phrases, because I was trying to figure it out. Not that you're supposed to type other people, but I wanted to like, kind of help you well, and see yeah, if I, I could offer any insight. And that's... I think
0: you're pretty good at it. Thank you. I, like, it, it can certainly, I agree, it is a problem when people type other people and like corner other people. Like, that is a problem, and that is directly against the idea of what any Enneagram is about. So, like, we do absolutely... Anyone listening who's into it, we absolutely need to caution against that. That's not the point of it. Um, and we need to come at it humbly in all things. Like, I would say that about faith and <laughs> Christianity and everything. Um, but there is something about... At least for me, and I've seen it with other people... There's something about, you You seem to have, maybe it's the evangelism thing, you seem to have a good connection to the, like, I really can, let's find it. Like, let's yeah, find it together. Yeah, it's definitely more of know? a let's
1: find it together. Like, I don't ever want to put something on well, someone else.
3: And, like, you've mentioned that you're an ENFJ, and I am very much identify with, like, Myers-Briggs and know more, a lot right. more about it than I do the Enneagram.
0: Extrovert.
1: Intuitive, intuitive yeah.
3: feeling, and judging, F- which
1: I different. actually okay. mistype as an ESFJ for a little bit. I because every time I would take the test, I would be like forty nine percent. So it's
3: intuitive. It's, it, God, it's, it's so less long. of a mistype and What's more S-
1: sensing.
0: sensing. Sensing. That's right. That's and
3: that's more.
0: It's more head. Yeah. Intuitive's more gut. Sensing's more head. Right. Okay. Yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, it's, it's less mistyping and more of just it's a spectrum. Um, okay. And that's kind of how I've been looking at the Enneagram is like, because like there are some things with the, the type eight that I'm just like, really doesn't really speak to me. But like there's other things that are like, okay, this does. And so I've been looking at it more of like a spectrum that I'm not, I'm not entirely innate. Like that's not like my sole identity. It's not like everything on this list is going to be me. Uh, because I do identify with the helper in some ways. Well,
1: you're a counter-type, we're going to get into all that, but you're (laughs) a counter-type. So, Mm. I want to go ahead and go through everything that you and I kind of talked about um, that led, first of all, like what an aid is, what a counter-type aid is, all of that. Um, And normally, I would say we like, we normally like break that up, but I actually think this time it's going to be more helpful to talk about all of the things together because we're just gonna get into ben and ben's thing um and it'll probably clear up why
0: doing the arsenio hall (laughs) fist pump pump. Mm,
1: mm, it'll probably mm, clear up why some of this was confusing um
0: does anybody even remember who arsenio hall is no no i've
1: never heard of that name in my life all right did you did you end up identifying as an eight wing seven or an eight wing nine do you remember which one did you? I
3: have? feel that I identify with the eight wing nine. Okay. You fe- you feel like I identify with the eight wing seven. So I think that there's both things that I, oh, hold on. I have actually a thing. You might that be I a finished. balance wing.
1: Yeah. That's a thing We've we have had found a out. couple of balance wings where you can like switch between the two.
3: Well, that's why I like, it's a spectrum. Like right. I feel like I can go between, but there's. Yes.
1: So the motivation doesn't change, but the personality part of it, absolutely. is a spectrum. And I think that's a great way of looking at it.
0: Also, anytime you get into personality stuff, it, like, personality can be very contextual.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Like, like my wife is... Well, Myers-Briggs again. She's right down the middle on uh, Introvert-Extrovert. And it pretty well, that's much... That's the same as me. Yeah, that's
1: how I am on N and S. Yes.
0: Yeah, so she... she it, it's very contextual. Because she can be like extroverted the life of the party and then she can also be introverted to the point where people who have like like we went out recently i don't know about a few weeks ago we just went to a like we went downtown to Sanford, and a bunch of people were like is she okay and she was just in an introverted mood like yeah. that's all it was like she was completely fine like so yeah personality can be very like fluid and you can flip back and forth easily, I think. Well,
3: that's kind of like, because I'm the same way. I'm very much like in the middle for E and I. So I identify a lot with ENFJs, but I also identify a lot with what INFJs say. And so I feel that would be the same for you with the ENFJ and ESFJ as well.
1: Yeah. All right. So I want to get into it. We're going
0: to have to do a spinoff podcast on Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna do a good bit of talking for just a second. I wanna lay this all out there because I think that'll be helpful. And then, as always, I'm going to turn to you and ask what you identify with, what you balk at, questions you have, and we'll just get into it. Does that sound good to everybody? Yeah, cool. All right,
3: so, <laughs> We didn't, even get I didn't a chance give you, you
1: a chance to answer. So, um, let's start with the, the very basics of type eight. You're actually the first eight we've had on the podcast. Hey, so represent- that's City
3: Hall. I was um, the first two, and I'm the first eight.
1: I love that. I love that for you. Well,
0: technically, she was the first two, I guess.
3: Yeah, well,
0: that's true. <laughs> he was the
1: first two guests.
0: There we go. First two guests, yeah.
1: So core um, motivation of a type eight is to protect themselves um, and a core fear of a type eight is of betrayal. Um, So Aids tend to be truth seekers. Um, They tend to use their strength Mm -hmm. to fight injustice. They're often passionate about inclusive diversity and inclusion. (laughs) Um, Inclusivity. They also fiercely resist being controlled by other people. Um, and they learned early on somewhere in childhood or through trauma that vulnerability equals weakness and so they actively tend to avoid that. The healing message for a type eight is that you will not be betrayed because eights realize that it is brave and courageous for them to step into vulnerability. They can learn to trust those closest to them that they will not betray them. Um, So eights tend to be, like I said, they're very passionate Um, They actually also, similarly to fours, tend to be described as intense um, and they appreciate and and that doesn't necessarily mean like intense, like vicious or mean, but just big personality. And they tend to appreciate people that can appreciate that intensity, appreciate that full spectrum of their personality.
0: I will say, because a little bit of an elephant in the room, because I've said many times, I don't get along with eights. It's almost <laughs> I, like I, 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 do, uh. I just tend not to get along with eights very well at all. Um, it all it always falls along the spectrum that you're talking about, where the intensity turns into viciousness. Mm-hmm. It, at least that's how it feels to me. And I think about because you know, full disclosure, Ben is my DM. Like we've been playing Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and like and we ha- and like quite frankly. And I've said this to you, but I'll, yeah. let's put it on record. Like, quite frankly, you're, you're about the best kind of DM that I've ever played with. You're, you're exactly what I want from a Dungeon Master, which is very, like... Okay. So, once again, uh, my audio software has failed me. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong in life, but it has. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about that... Uh, ben is a wonderful dungeon master and I think it is tied to the intensity. Yeah. When I've had problems and conflicts with type eights in the past, it's usually been intensity that's kind of focused in like, like like ferociousness. It's like a, it's like a, you don't care about this and, and I hate you for it. It's had that kind of edge to it. Um, but the intensity when you're like playing characters and like creating worlds and like telling stories and we're all having fun and playing together, is is wonderful. Like you're you're I I'm, I hesitate because there might be other people that I've played with in the past that are out there right now. But like you, I mean like seriously like you do you do an excellent job. I like and you you're right up my alley for what I want from a DM.
1: Yeah, I think well, it's you. that that passion that zeal. I think that. You know, I'm not talking about all eights, I think that it might, while it might be perceived as edgy and bitey sometimes in certain situations, that comes from a place of either feeling like um, there's a sense of injustice or feeling like they need to protect themselves, um, feeling attacked. You got to remember an eight's core fear is of betrayal. And so if they they feel like they're gonna be betrayed, if they feel weak and exposed, like that's not an easy feeling for them to lean into and embrace. So I think that coping mechanism of walls up or sometimes biting is a protective barrier rather than a like purposely trying to hurt anybody else.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of other examples though. Where it doesn't feel that way
3: well i think (laughs) um if i could speak a little more into it the intensity and passion um can be channeled in healthy ways and it can be channeled in very unhealthy ways and like for me my personally like i am a very big feeler like i'm an enfj like there's that f in there very big feeler and i have very strong emotions and like i can react to Uh, certain instances and have very strong emotions but like one of the things that i've noticed throughout my life is that i've seen those strong reactions and i've seen other people react to it as like oh this this is a lot this is very intense and i've kind of learned to like not show that in a way Mm -hmm. like i can internally feel it and like acknowledge that it's there but i won't necessarily react externally to it if that makes any sense yeah yeah absolutely
1: it's interesting to me because passion and intensity are words I would actually use to describe both of you. I yeah. think you can be very passionate. I think you can be very intense. I think you can be very vivid and imaginative. And also
0: challenging. Like I, yes. like I see it come across as challenging But I,
1: I think that you guys almost like, like you, you both definitely, those would be words I would use to identify both of you. It's interesting to me how differently it comes out
0: how so <sighs>
2: i have to
1: think now i have to think um ben you are one of like the biggest fighters i know and i don't necessarily mean that in like a like defensive like uh, way
3: going to beat someone but up <laughs> just kidding
0: <laughs> yeah you ben's very uh vicious. violent and imposing
1: and vicious. so aggressive <laughs> i think your monsters. like passion really comes out when you see someone hurting or when when you see someone kind of singled out you're very much a
0: so well you we've literally talked about like your kind of one of your like not dream jobs but dream job areas would be in like advocacy basically. Yeah, yeah. you're a
1: defender. That was act- the word I was going to use is an advocate, a defender. Um whereas Chris for you I see it in a much more like creative It's funny
0: because I, like, I have a streak in me for sure that I feel and often, similar to what you're saying, Ben, uh, I'm pointing to Ben, everyone, Uh, (laughs) similar to what you're saying about, like, feeling something internally and then having to actively decide to behave differently. Yeah, and one of what the it it's for me it's bullies. Mm -hmm. Anytime I meet a bully, and anytime I think someone is trying to jump the line or something like that, like fairness, justice, like I it. First of all, the idea that I'm just going to ignore it and let it go by is a (laughs) non-starter. There's no fucking way I'm going to do that. Like I am going to address it. That's just predetermined. Now, how I address it is going to be the issue. Because what I want to do, it's like smack somebody in the back of the head and be like, hey, there are rules. <laughs> like, people are ahead of you. Like You're sharing this world with other humans. Consider others. Like, yeah. And I feel that very strongly. And then what I instead have to say is, <clears throat> I don't know if you noticed, but people are lined up. and what i want to say is like why didn't you fucking notice people are lined up like what are you dumb like what are you not paying attention i i like either you're really stupid and you missed it or what i really suspect which is why i'm so angry is you are living in a world where you're like i take what i can get and i'll just take this and i'm like Mm -mm, not while I'm here (laughs) like you I will not permit it and it it is like it there's a it's it's a serious edge in me that I have a hard time so it's like one of the places where I I don't know well do you identify with that like can you
3: can you connect with
0: that or do you like or do you differentiate from it somehow
3: I do uh the only thing I would differentiate is I'm I am i don't necessarily address the attacker I usually address the person who I, I guess I would say the you, defender yeah the I don't want to say victim because that's a strong word the
0: survivor quote-unquote yeah, yeah. Um,
3: I usually am the one to go to them first and be like hey this just happened what do you need um, well, that's actually
0: what they say to do if you observe somebody in that kind of scenario
2: mm-hmm.
1: they
0: that's actually like what people recommend doing
1: well, and I think that's why the first, like the very first word that comes to my, like when I think of you, the first word I think of is a defender, a protector, somebody that cares so much about other people. Um, I think you have a hard time receiving that same care because you're afraid of being <laughs> betrayed. Um, but
0: Ben did a little dance.
1: But you do. <laughs> I have noticed in the seven years that we have been friends that you will do absolutely everything in your power to make sure nobody else feels like that.
3: I very I identify with that very strongly. Um, The yes, I feel like you were. Well, I
0: was. That to me doesn't sound uh, uh, not to critique, but I'm a words person. I wouldn't describe that as defender. Okay. Because to me, defender would address the attacker. And there's something that you're describing that's like, you're you're more going towards the person who's suffering the abuse or the injustice.
3: Well, yes, but I think there there is a certain part of me that if the situation calls for it and like I believe that I can engage with that conversa- with the conversation with the attacker because there are some attackers that like they're just you even if you were to talk to them, you wouldn't change their mind. Well, they're and it's like it's looking not, looking not even worth my time. Yeah. Yeah, so like I'm not going to bother. Whereas, like, other people I can address and be like, hey, you just did this thing here. Let's discuss it a little bit more.
0: That, I think that's where you and I differ. I, the, the second thing you said, when, when there is an opportunity to talk, that's where I'm, that's where things work out. Because I'm, I'm a good talker. Yeah. It's when I perceive that this is a person who is just looking to push people around. And I think there's actually something admirable about focusing on the people who are being pushed around rather than the person who's doing the pushing. Like, I think nine times out of ten, that's actually the better way to handle things. But I don't... That's not my natural instinct.
3: Well, I think also... Uh, what I love doing is, and it's not necessarily devil's advocate, maybe it is, but, like, um, I'd like to give the attacker some benefit of the doubt of being like, hey, you did, you did this action, like, maybe there's something going on in your life that, like, is happening, or you're not realizing this, or, like, how can I show you love yeah. And that kind of if that makes any sense. Absolutely.
1: I think it's also like
3: it's the better way to do it.
1: I, I think <laughs> like it is. I think you talking about, you know, most of the time you would go towards the attacker, most of the time you would go towards the person who's being attacked. I think that comes out in your motivations and how they're different as well. Because for a type four, the motivation is to be seen. So I would imagine and I don't know for sure, I'm just throwing try this on, I would imagine that in that moment you one of the reasons that you get so frustrated by people adjusting the line it feels unfair is because you've been standing there waiting your turn and you feel unseen in that moment whereas for you you know core motivation is to protect to not be betrayed you see someone being betrayed and being attacked that triggers something in you to respond to that person
0: yeah I would say there is there there's it's an empathetic response if it came down to just me so, like, if I'm by myself, all by myself, and someone quote-unquote cuts the line, uh, I'm much less likely to do anything about it hmm. because I can be, like, because internally what I feel is doing the math of, like, how much is this going to cost me to try and deal right. with this versus how much do I, like, whatever, fucking go, buy your toilet paper. I don't care. Um, but something else happens when there are other people. Yeah. When there's other people, so it's not just about me being seen, it's about me like feeling like other people aren't, be, like it's, there's an advocacy there. And I would is imagine that's there. heightened when
1: it's other people you know and oh, care yeah, about as yeah. well.
0: And, and, and particularly like, you know, the most recent example where some asshole tried to cut the line downtown. Um, And I was surrounded by not just my friends, but my parishioners. Right. Like, I'm a pastor. These are my sheep. And you are cutting the line. And then there are also strangers behind us who you've cut. And I'm like, ooh. Like, something comes alive inside of me. Much the way I think, like, people who talk about being parents and kids. For sure. Like, something happens inside of me where I'm like, I'm actively not being aggressive and trying deliberately to be firm and clear like and like but there is an aggression that comes out in me that's like you oh no you won't do this to mine yeah not you will not do this to like and if I'm if I'm by myself that doesn't it's not as pronounced by a long shot
3: you know
1: right because there there's nobody to see you in that moment except for yourself maybe
3: well i think also it's very situational depending on like the circumstance of how we are wanting to advocate and for our people and whatnot
1: yeah and i i just think it's it's fascinating to me this is a connection i've never made before that passionate intense sometimes fiery those are words that could be used to describe both fours and eights oh yeah that's that's interesting I, i'm like spinning my wheels i usually a little
0: bit. i usually get shit for um like, I'm always inviting people into like dark feelings that they are that I would say they are already feeling um but they are not like willing to admit that they're feeling mm-hmm. and um as as a a pastor, as a person who's in charge, I don't get any of that flack anymore, but when I was on staff and I was under leadership that was probably one of the biggest complaints about me Mm. was how you're always like and and I would say actually even as I remember my time in a a more traditional church in Eustis the people who didn't like me one of their big complaints was like worship is supposed to be happy and my big comeback to that was we don't prescribe feelings like, yeah. people are allowed to feel club. people are allowed it. to feel Dumb exactly how they feelings. feel and if somebody's feeling bad there's no reason at all that they can't engage in worship while they're feeling bad like we don't prescribe feelings in worship we give like there's plenty of lament there's plenty of anger and there's plenty of like all kinds of there's fear there's anxiety there's all kinds of feelings all over scripture there's no reason that if a person is having a bad day and woke up feeling depressed that they should exclude themselves from worship. What now?
1: It's fine, I'm watching <laughs> it. I'm watching oh, it, we're stupid good. stupid
0: technology. But, but yeah, that I, so that's been something that I, like people don't, it's also something that people enjoy about me and it's mm-hmm. earned me a lot of like um, camaraderie and loyalty when I've been in that place too. But I've, certain kind of types of people have really hated me for, I mean, for lack of a better word, they've just hated me for the fact that I'm not up there going like, God is good all the time <laughs> and all the time, God is good. Like, right. Mm, yes, technically, <laughs> but like, let's talk about how it feels.
3: Well, I, I relate to that a lot because I'm very much a person that I, I like to know like the deeper things that like people go through. What are you feeling? What is life like? What is your relationship with everyone? And then blah, 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 blah. Like I want to know those things. And like part of, I feel like being an eight.
0: Yeah. Like it was pretty cold today. And like, how do you think the Cowboys are going to do? Like stuff like that, right?
3: No, absolutely not. Like I do not <laughs> give two shits about... Hey man surface level talk. You know know what? It got cold there for a second, and
0: now it's kinda warm. (laughs) (laughs) What's that about? Let's talk about it.
3: (laughs) Well no well the thing (laughs) Well it's like I I don't mind like surface level conversation. Like I understand it has its place. Like we're not gonna have deep conversations while we're at work, like if the environment doesn't call for it, but like I like But then let's
0: be silent. That's how I feel about it.
3: I mean, I, I guess. I mean, it depends on the level. Like, if you're talking about how the Cowboys are doing, I'm not going to be able to help you because I know nothing about football. So. Right, yeah. But. Um... Like, I don't know what to
0: tell you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself in that situation often.
3: Yeah, but where, like where for. Where people are trying
0: to do that to me, and I'm like, I... you're barking up the wrong tree. I got nothing for you. Like, do you want to talk about what happens when you die? Cause I'm all ears. Let's go for it. <laughs> like.
3: um, but even if it's like getting to know a person, I like knowing things much more than that, like, that's like skin surface. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense.
1: How How yeah. do you feel about sharing those things? Like I know I know I'm you like. Them. Know. I'm <laughs> the complete
3: opposite. I know I'm the complete opposite. You
1: appreciate people that are willing to go deep, but it's
3: it's not reverse. So it's very much that like people can be as real as they want with me but like i won't do the same like not going to put that on them not going uh, go to have I, <laughs> I knew you were going to call me out on it. i was going
0: to say how come and then you just told me how come i'm not going to put that on them
3: um it's it's a defense mechanism uh there's there's two it's twofold there's the part that like i don't want to be betrayed like i don't want to share a part of myself that's deep it's like because, like, when I share, like, the deeper part of my things, I'm, like, giving people my heart. It's, like, a piece of who I am. Like, I don't... If I give that to you... I would
1: describe some of those things for you as, like, very tender and soft, too. Like, you're not only just giving someone a piece of your heart. You're you're showing someone a very soft, vulnerable side of yourself that you don't normally let out.
3: Yeah. And so, Do there's... you feel
0: like you lose... Something when you do that,
3: no. Because only when no, you talk only... about
0: give a piece, it feels like something's missing now, and like it exists in somebody else's.
3: Ah, but it's I don't feel like because it's usually the moments that when I give a piece of myself, I'm usually getting something, as well. So it's like an exchange. Yeah. Um, and it's
0: and there's like f- there's fairness, like even keeled.
3: Essentially, but it's, Maybe
0: covenant would be a better word.
3: Yeah, it's, but it, it's... Because I'm very intentional about who I share kind of um, parts of my life. And I do that kind of as a way to like show that, hey, I am choosing you. It is not necessarily like, oh, I love everybody, so I'm going to tell everybody my life, which is similar to two... Sorry, Courtney. Uh, <laughs> but like... I for,
0: think it's lovely. It is lovely, but I
3: think like the way like I want to go, like I feel more safe or like comfortable, is choosing people to be like, "Hey, I'm going to share this about myself."
1: Is it because those soft moments feel weak?
3: It depends. Um, there are certain things that I won't share because I don't trust someone, um, and that's just
0: called judgment. Well, yeah, that's just exactly.
3: Smart. <laughs> like- um, and i would say i'm a little bit more stronger on like the reserved side of things where like it doesn't take much for me to not trust you um and part of that is the being real aspect of it like if someone's not being real with me like i'm not going to trust you to yeah for me to be real with you
0: so there's a there's a correlation between somebody being authentic and them being trustworthy yeah. Which I, I agree with. I Like, I'm with you on that. I feel the same way. Like, I don't know that I've ever, like, directly connected it in my mind. But I definitely have a similar instinct. It's like, if somebody's being fake, then I'm really not likely to yeah, join one, them in a lot.
3: You one, know? One thing about, like, AIDS is we value... Was it... You said to be value honesty. Mm-hmm. There was something about that. But, like, we... Like... If you're not truthful with me, then like bye. I'm I'm this i I'm a so very this, similar way.
1: This kinda is gonna get this ties into some of the points I wanna make with yes. your subtype, which I think in this particular conversation really matters. So I wanna I wanna circle back to that. Um, so the reason that I think we were so eight to eight two is because you're a social eight, which means You're a counter-type. Just (laughs) Um, Well, I was a
3: counter-type of the two as well, so I'm just a paradox. Yes. A walking paradox. So you
1: have the motivation of um, protecting yourself, but you take on a lot of the personality aspects of a type two. So being more tender, being more soft-hearted, kind-hearted, wanting to help. Um, So I'm going to read this. It's from Nine Types Co. Again, things you identify with, things you balk at um so the focus of a social eight tends to be you're gonna laugh at this because it's so weird but it's challenging well, tell me how to feel whatever <laughs> it's it's challenging and nurturing social eights are intensely loyal and work to build connections with others they surround themselves with people who accept them as they are and they aim to support help and nurture those people They enjoy social events and heated debates, and they use their power, energy, and outgoing nature to challenge the norm and fight for injustice. They prioritize people who are trustworthy and reliable, and they are always fully themselves, allowing others to quote-unquote take them or leave them to avoid betrayal later on. When unhealthy, they hold grudges longer than most anyone. They exaggerate and talk over people. They can become reclusive to avoid rejection. And they can become self-destructive and reckless.
3: (laughs) Most of that I will identify with. Um, I hate
0: to say this, Ben, but you're my mom.
3: Oh, I don't think I like that statement.
0: (laughs) Now, my mom has a personality disorder. You don't seem to have a personality disorder. (laughs) But... uh... A lot of that tendency, and I'm specifically thinking about when she, kind of before it was in full swing for her, when she was, like, functional, and she was, you know, she was, like, a corporate, you know, she was an earner and, like, navigated life fine, you know. Um, What you just said, Courtney, describes her, and as I'm listening to it, I'm like holy shit, that's Ben. <laughs> like, I also was like, it was a little bit of like, oh,
1: man. Yeah. It, oh, man. It,
0: that's it, the same thing. Outside the take looking it or leave in it kind does of thing,
1: seem to describe you very well.
0: The take it or leave it thing is, is particularly what I would describe to her that I don't necessarily get from you. Yeah,
3: no. I That's the one thing I do balk at um, is I will not reveal myself, like, yeah. entirely. Like, I'm not the one because... Um, And I feel like that's from like past trauma is Mm -hmm. that like I have shown myself like, like peeled off all the layers, just showed myself as me and was just kind of rejected for it. And it was just like such a, a strong rejection that like, like I've gotten to the point now where I've like, I've built these walls, they're very tall, they're very sturdy. And like, I'm not going to reveal myself to people right off the bat. They have to prove themselves first.
1: I, um, so- it's trustworthy and reliable.
3: But I also am very much like, I'm not necessarily going to cut off someone from my life simply if they don't exactly like a certain aspect. Like, for instance, homosexuality. That's a, a uh, topic that like I've had interactions with people that are like, you know, I don't necessarily believe in it. Or I don't necessarily think that it's... Um, that God likes that and I've gotten to a point now where depending on who it is like if it's someone that's super close to me and like I said that it would hurt a lot Uh, but like other people who are a little farther than that um, it's like okay like I'm going to respect your beliefs um, as long as you respect mine and like we have a kind of a mutual understanding and it's not necessarily like okay so you're not taking this okay bye. If that makes any sense. But you
1: also wouldn't open yourself up to those people.
3: Oh, no. They would be very much like, I'm just not going to share as much of my life with them. Because, one, they might not even like it. Because homosexuality is kind of a big part of it. Yeah.
0: Well, they're they're making an overt statement about, hey, that part of you I don't like. (laughs) Well, all right. We're probably only going to be acquaintances. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. eh, Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, you stay over there, and I'll stay over here.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: was there anything in that that you really, like, identified with?
3: Shoot, you said a lot, and it's all gone out. But, um, the, what, did you, what was the first part you said?
1: Intensely loyal, work to build connections with others.
3: I do identify with intensely loyal, because I am the idiot who, like, if once you have earned my loyalty, it doesn't matter what you do, like... I will still keep running back, and I think that's part of the. I past- would say <clears> even <throat> to
1: your detriment.
3: Well, like, no, that's what I was gonna say. It was like part of those past traumas, of like, uh, like even after all that, like I still have this intense loyalty of like, you know, if they ever needed anything, like they can give me a call. Like I still care about them very deeply, and like it, they had never gone back to me, or they never like reached out for anything that they needed or anything. It was very much just like, okay, this is over. Uh, but I still held that mentality of, like, if they did ever do so, like, I would still drop everything to go and help. Yeah. Uh, which is not exactly a healthy response, but, like, that's <clears throat> just, like, the level of intensity loyal that...
1: And I think the counterside to that is the grudge holding.
3: I do have some aspect of a grudge hold. Um, it's hard... To explain a little bit, uh, just because it's kind of a paradox, where like I could be very intensely loyal to someone, but like they they fucking mess me up. Like there there's this conflict in me where I've, like I will see like all these things that they have done that are wrong that have hurt me like so deeply, but I'll still you know chase after them and be like, oh, I still love you. Please love me, like. We could be best friends, too. I would
1: even describe it, you know, you and I have had some conversations about, like, you know, ways that I may have hurt you in certain ways or perceived that I had hurt you. And it's like, I wouldn't even describe it as, like, when you hold grudges, I don't think it's that you push people away. I think it's that you have a harder time letting go of the thing that the, that person did to hurt you.
3: Yes, I like that you brought that up. Um because yes, it's like a nagging thought. And I think it's, um, I call it a fatal flaw Uh, in people, like if I'm going, if I'm trying to build like a stronger connection and like, there's like this one instance where like, I don't think they fully accepted me as me or like in some way or form of like how I shaped it to fit that mold, like it's just, it's there, it's nagging, it's like a thorn in my side that I'm just like, I. I can't get rid of it because I keep thinking that they're going to betray me because of this singular event, because of whatever had happened.
0: Do you, so, so my instinct with that kind of thing is to is like air it. Let's talk about it. Like, let's get into it.
3: Well, that's that's the that's where I withdraw. That's where I'm like well, But that's built. hard
0: because it's like it's the soul-bearing kind of vulnerability thing.
1: Yes, it might feel weak. It, it's allowing it's allowing that person to potentially pour more salt on the wound that's already there.
3: Yeah, um, very much so. And I think that it also comes back to because like I want to I like to build walls to protect to protect myself. Um, but it's also to protect others there is also that aspect that i have a strong thing of like i have seen how my past actions have affected people i've seen i've had conversations with people where like we've had a debate we've gone back and forth and had that conversation of like airing it out but the things that i hurt loudest and the things that i remember are the things that i did to hurt them and like
0: so, th- so this is a unique thing i don't I don't know of anyone else that I've ever talked about this with, but your your feeling of, I have to protect other people from me. <laughs> I, I genuinely...
1: Yeah, I haven't heard that described that way. I'm, I'm very curious about it because I, I don't...
3: Well, it's it goes back to kind of my defender aspect where like, I want to protect people. I want to, make sure that they are thriving, that they're striving. Um, And like, I know that, um, one of the ways that I can be intense sometimes is like, if I don't feel it or if I don't like, for instance, the, I love you, like, if someone says I love you to me, I'm usually like, thanks, I care about you too. <laughs> like, I can't respond with I love you. Like, there's something about it that just, like... Like, awesome sauce. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> but that, that hurts people because it's like, well, oh, yeah. you don't love me either? or it's, it's like that. I'm definitely not ready to say it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I noticed that, like, that that aspect hurts people. And it's like, I don't want to say it because everyone just says it. Like, I feel like it's just thrown around like it's candy and like, great. Like if you love someone, you can say that they love them. But if I'm going to say that I love someone, I want it to like have weight. I want it to hold power. I want it to be like, yes, I love you. And not just be like, "Uh I love you. Like, "Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) if that makes any sense. Hold power? I think you and a lot of people feel that way. What?
0: I think you and a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Uh. In fact, I think most people, at least in America, like most westernized uh, English speaking folk feel that way.
3: Well, the, the problem is like with me being the, the challenger, like we can be close. Like, like I've had people who have been close to me in the past and I still couldn't say it. Or like I would challenge them. on it. They'd be like, I love you. And they'd be like, no, you don't. How come? I don't, it's, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I think part of that is just, like, building the walls. I don't want to give that person more power to, like, have that to turn against me and be like, oh, I love you, but then turn out that you actually didn't. And me believing that I loved you, and then, like, you don't anymore. Like, it has happened in my past, and, like, having that kind of trauma, and it's just, like...
0: Does, so is there, is there room for, so here's one of the things that comes up for me in that.
3: Is love eternal? It's loyal. If that makes any sense. So in a way, is yes. Is loyalty eternal? I want to say yes. Okay. Well, that's, so, well, the thing is, is, I approach loyalty I th- I as internal. That's,
0: I think I mean, like, this is a little mechanical, but. I think, this, I think there's something in the, the way that your feelings about love work out. This is, this is a difference that I'm observing between you and me. I have no problems at all like, like with the idea that I can love someone for a certain amount of time and then not.
3: I do not like that <laughs> whatsoever. Right. I think
0: that's... Hate a, it. I think that's a piece of it. Uh, and that's why... I think that's what allows me to more freely express love for for people.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't identify with that necessarily, but I do throw out the words, I love you, like it's candy frequently. Like I'm very, like I love everyone all the time. And I feel very hurt and very like sad when later those friends like decide they don't love me back or they want to move on with their life or whatever but for me it's almost like i want to love as many people as i can so that i'm i know that i'm wanted and appreciated and needed by those in my circle whether it's joe at the grocery store or matt or one of my closest friends like i want everyone to know that they're wanted and needed just as i want to be wanted and needed as well
3: it's a very ENFJ trait is very much like that desire of love and like having a much bigger understanding of what love could be and like wanting to implement that. Um, and so, and I, I want
1: to go back to the power thing for you. Cause I heard you mention that word a couple of times. What, okay. do, what, how does that play into all of this? Like you, you said you don't want to necessarily give people the power to hurt you or to like,
3: interesting you like said how he pointed when, this out. when
0: i say i love you i, I want, want it to, to have hold power,
1: power. Yeah. yeah so i i just i'm curious
3: well like it's like if i because like when i love people and like when i let people into my life like i am very intense about it there's a sense of loyalty there's like i don't know how to describe it without it sounding romantic like like, let's take Lord of the Rings, because Lord of the Rings is one of those things that I'm just like, ah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the Fellowship of the Ring, like if you've read the books, not done, the movies kind of does it, but like if you read the books, there's, awesome. well, there's like a certain in- intensity of like friendship level that they have. Like Samwise walked from the Hobbiton with Mr. Frodo, like all the way to Mordor and even when Frodo couldn't walk anymore and he's like I can't carry it for you but I can carry you um and that, it's it's that level he of intensity the real, he's the that, like,
0: hero of the movie
3: yeah it's like that's that's the intensity of which like I want to love people and so like once you get to that point like you can bet your ass that like I'm gonna be like if you're going through life I'm gonna be there with you like there was a moment in time where I had a friend who said that they had cancer or, like, a doctor said that they had cancer. He got, like, a second opinion, and it ended up being, like, a hernia. So it wasn't, like, anything major. But, like, just, like, he was very upset that, like, the doctor had said cancer. He might, there's a potential for cancer. Like, that's, and, like. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I was, like, you know, I'm with you to the end. Like, we will do whatever it takes. Like, I will walk with you through this. And like, that's kind of just like, and this was like a friend, like a very close friend. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, we're lovers. It was like very close. And that's like the intensity of which I want my friendships to be.
1: For you, friendship, I I definitely get the sense of like that eternal. Like if you let someone in your circle, they are in your circle for life. Like, and if they were to leave, that would be absolutely, utterly, completely It would be devastating.
3: devastating. Yeah. Like that's, that's how like my... That's kind of where my trauma comes from, is like...
0: Yeah, I was gonna, that's, that's really hard because... At least in my experience, that's just not how... It's not Friendships how we, work at all.
3: Exactly. Like,
0: all of my friendships, with very rare exception... And I would say that I'm very lucky... That I even have friendships that kind of supersede that a little bit. Like, I have... I have a handful of people, although I have a handful of people who I'm very connected with that will, that our connection is beyond proximity, you know, like I've got John Wright who was a guest on the podcast. He, like, he's in a different part of the state, but he and I are still very much friends. John Legg, like... I'll I'll be forever indebted to him, and he will be like he'll just be a close friend forever. Period. Uh, I there and then I could name others. I don't want to just go down a list, but like, but I've also all of those people that I could name don't go back to like high school or college, like they're adult friends, and then I think about people that I would have said that about. Excuse me, as I'm burping. Um, that I would have said that <laughs> about in high school. And I don't even talk to them anymore, and or maybe in college, and like like there are. So it, it it strikes me as very difficult and even painful because in my experience, that's just not how relationships tend to work.
3: Well, yeah, that's that's why I love the, the Lord of the Rings so much. Is it gives examples of how I would want friendships to work. Like, and this isn't to say that every person I come across is, has to be my closest friend. Like, right. no. Yeah. Like, in fact,
0: I, it's almost the opposite. It's like every person you come across. It's like we'll see.
3: Well, exactly. It's just like you know, if it progresses, uh, but it's yeah. very much like a feeling thing. Like, it's if yeah, I have to trust you, I have to. I was going to say fall in love with you, but that's, like, very romantic. But, like, the the line between romance and friendship can well, sometimes be blurred for me.
0: I would imagine there's a similar, there. it requires a similar level of intensity.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. And also, like, again, tying into that intent, it's, it's not weird or stupid for it to feel that way. Like, if that's what it feels like for you, that's absolutely what it feels like for you, and that's okay. And...
3: Well, the the today's society, there's such a high expectation for the spouse, like your significant other is the person that you go follow the world around and you cross oceans for. Whereas I'm like, you know, like, sure, like my significant other will have that. But I also want the people who I choose in my life, like that family, the the people that I would want to cross oceans for
0: yeah it's that yeah it's hard like I, like there's a piece of me that as much as I root for that, there's also a piece of me that's like I don't know that that's possible you know except in very it's a little bit like hitting a lottery you know
1: or at least not possible without people having fatal flaws or having The opportunity to hurt you.
0: Well, even with that. (laughs) So that, well, that alone is a difficulty, but I, but I haven't, I, I've experienced you as willing to negotiate and navigate that with people like the rest of us all have to do. But even then, those relationships and my experience are typically seasonal in life. Like... So, like, this church, I'm here, I've got the people that I relate very closely to, and particularly in comparison to where we came from, I'm like, oh, thank God, what a, like, a breath of fresh air. And also, now, don't get me wrong, if I can swing it, we'll see what the Methodist Church has to say about this, (laughs) but... If I can swing it, I mean, this, this could be the place that I retire, if, if that, but I'm very young to be saying that. And in the Methodist church, there's an itinerant system. At some point, they tell me where to go, and that's where I go, and that's just the way it is. And I either have to say, I serve at the pleasure of the bishop, or I have to say, I'm no longer a Methodist pastor. I'm not under appointment. You know, this is no longer my calling, which is like a, like these are very stark and serious things. So as much as I love and appreciate and am truly enjoying being here and relating to the people that we're relating to, there's also a piece of me that's like, well, I remember feeling that way about Anona, my home church, and knowing that I was going to leave that. And I remember feeling that way about South Shore, the church that I helped John Legg start. I remember those relationships being like, as important as these relationships are to me, there's going to come a day when we move away from each other and that's that'll be that. And there are certain people in there that we maintain relationships over distance, but even then it's not like, like, God, I wish I, I wish I could have lunch with John Wright every week like we used to. Like, it was just guaranteed on Tuesday. He and I, with some other people, were going to have lunch together. And we were going to get into real conversations and talk about real stuff. And we were going to make, like, dick jokes and make appropriate comments and be, like, entirely human together. And I loved that. And also, as though we are still connected, that's just not the case anymore. And so there is this thing in me that kind of like I don't know it's like sad I guess about the
1: if you're gonna be in my life you have to be there forever
0: it's or the at least the feeling of that you know yeah well it's uh...
3: I don't know how to speak more into it I think it's just like and like
0: well you don't i mean you don't have to explain it by any means yeah no, you've it's... done a good job of articulating it, actually. so
1: actually i think something that would be helpful here um Ooh. i want to tap into inner child um okay. we, we've we've talked a little bit about inner child stuff on some more recent podcasts and it's it's brought to light some interesting conversations and it seems inner child of a type eight is a type two um which i actually think will add a lot into this particular conversation. have you
0: listened to okay. the uh the songs
1: He listened to the 2 song when we did the last podcast. Which
3: one made you cry? I actually listened to the Type 8 song, and that one I felt much more connected to. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
0: So, Preston, the other host on our live show and who's been on the podcast a couple times, uh, had a theory that, like, maybe it's your inner child song that makes you cry.
1: No, because 2 definitely makes me cry.
0: Well, 2 makes me cry, too, though.
3: Well, I feel like...
1: Well, 2 is your stress number, so... (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I think two makes me cry for you more, more yeah, often than maybe. not. Yeah, <laughs> like, But one makes me cry.
1: And, well, one is your growth number.
0: And I don't have any ones in my life that are... And your inner child. I, well, so, like,
1: the inner okay, child Okay, so I want right, to read I, this. You
0: guys talk. I'm going to refill a beverage. Does anybody want anything while I'm up? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm going to set this down, hopefully. Here,
1: works. I'll wait to do inner you child until he comes back. So. Right. I can hear you. Okay. Go, go ahead. I can hear you. What were you going to say?
3: Oh when, oh when I listened forward. to type eight well I well I listened to the type eight and it was like it was two there were two themes that were going on and it was just like I identify with both of them. Like it's this conflict. It's like this this need for both of those to come out, but they just it's
1: Yeah, wanting to wanting to have that loyalty and that love and that never ending friendship while also feeling like you can't show that part of yourself because if you show that part of yourself then it feels weak and there is Again, risk of salt being poured on wounds that are already there. Um, So, I'm going to read this. It's from Michael Shaham Therapy. Um, It's interesting. So, uh, inner child of a type 8 is type 2. Basically, what this means is um, this is the message that you needed to receive in childhood and growing up.
3: All right. Let's hear Um, it.
1: But I think it ties into this conversation we were just having. So, within the tough and no-nonsense 8 who delights in testing his grit and that of others, dominating and controlling life and triumphing over any adversity, lies a needy, clingy, and lonely little two-ish soul child who is desperate to be loved and held. As an eight contacts the defensiveness behind his pride and the sense of rejection and neediness that underlies it, it may feel as though his whole world will collapse. He has done everything he can to not experience these quote-unquote weak places in his soul and often feels that he will not survive if he allows them to emerge as he lets himself c- contact his neediness and pain his heart can open again and his soul can become more permeable
3: fascinating very fascinating there are some keywords in there that i identify strongly with one one was survive like that's a very key word that like there, are like, being in those moments, like, when those past traumas, like, there were times where I was, like, I don't know if I'll survive this, like, that's just, it's, like, this is devastating, this is painful, this is, like, and, like, trying to open myself up again in, like, certain scenarios, it's just, like, I don't want to be in that spot where, like, I might not survive, like, I, I've got to protect that, I've got to, I've got to be, like, you know, safe, I've got to, it's, like, that sort of thing, but there's also, like, that inner child, and I'm very, very much in tune within my inner child because one I am a child. I'm a 25 year old man but I'm still a child. Like I play d and and play video games like I have no problem with dancing in front of people like I am a child.
0: I said something about being grown up and I was on a call where I was easily the second youngest person. <laughs> there was one person who was younger than me and else was way older than me and they were all like grown up. <laughs> like we are not grown up
3: yeah like i don't think
0: anyone ever gets there
3: (laughs) being grown up is over
1: so you you said survive as a word
3: yeah and then like the the need to be loved and held Mm -hmm. oh that also strikes a chord because like that's very like uh if like the song that I had shared for discipleship group, the creation of Earth, it's a very intense song. It starts off very like brooding and then it's gets no to...
0: lyrics either. It's like, it's all- It's
3: all orchestra. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it is like, it just, you have to use kind of your feeling like what is going on. Um, and like, even in all that like musical splendor, even in, like I imagine myself, like if I were to have a superpower to be like, Aang the last avatar and like the avatar stay like bending all these elements of like so much power and intensity and just like ah like but like that's I I find myself kind of imagining myself as that like as a sort of like a coping mechanism to kind of like defend myself as like I am powerful I am strong I can do the things that I need to do in life to be successful but there's still there's still that like quiet voice in the back that's just like you know I still want to be held. I still want mm-hmm. to be loved. And there's kind of like just that, almost like it's like a child's voice in a way. That's just like it's
0: like well, and that's in my experience, it's that voice that's actually the path towards like wholeness. Like so, I I, I don't know. I don't know if this is exactly what you're saying, but I identify with the. When I feel threatened and in danger, and when I feel vulnerable in a way that's not good, because I can I felt I feel vulnerable in a good way a lot of the time. But when I feel caught vulnerable, like caught in my pants down kind of thing, yeah, um, there is a temptation to present powerful and to pull from all of the skills that I've learned and all, and like, like I'm not, you know, like I'm an old man now, but like there was a time when I was doing mixed martial arts. There was a time when I was like, a, like a lean, mean jujitsu machine, Brandy like
1: a machine.
0: Yeah, and I could, I was, and I could hold a room and I could captivate a hundred. I'm like now, thankfully, I still have a lot of my spoken word stuff, but there is this. Even maybe temptation I don't know, temptation. I'll go with temptation. There's this, this temptation in vulnerable moments to grasp at the powers that I have and to bring them to bear against whatever's making me feel weak or vulnerable. And it's I mean it goes back to the cutting in line thing. I don't I don't present with like, hey man, you're cutting, no cuts. Like, this isn't fair. I don't present that way. Yeah, I, what I, what I, in fact, what I did in that example was literally I just presumed that that person wasn't doing what they were absolutely doing, and I just stepped in front of them and, pre- and proceeded to order. And then when they, and then let them start the conflict, and when they started the conflict, I didn't de-escalate, I escalated, and I started trying to make a fool of them. And the, the thing I started saying was, you're going to threaten violence over a hot dog. Like, that's what, that's your move. You're going to threaten violence in front of all of these people. You're going to hit me because of a hot dog. Like, and there's a little bit of like, oh, pe-, like, but that, even that's a game. Mm-hmm. Even that's uh, like a, a front because what I'm doing is I'm not actually engaging this person. I'm trying to publicly
3: shame. It's him. it's like a taunt in a way. It's yeah. just like, oh, you're gonna hit me? You're gonna hit me? Try it right Come at me.
0: Yeah, and there's something, and like, and I, and another part of the thing that was influencing that is I'm I was a head taller than this person, like I was much bigger than this person, which I, in hindsight, I think that's what because this has started happening for me more and more often, and I think it's because. I've gained weight, I'm wider. I'm not like a scrawny guy anymore. I'm like a wider guy and I'm I'm tall, I'm 6'3" and and now because I don't I've lost my hair, I shave my head and I'm like bald. I'm like a skinhead, bearded, wider, big guy and now suddenly people are starting to like be more aggressive with me. It, it never was that way in the past. Because I was always like a skinny, like hipster kid. And I had like my, my, my wave haircut, you know, like the mm-hmm. shaved on the side, wave on the top. And I would wear like a, a tie and a vest and, and have glasses and, and be like skinny. And I was a kid. And people thought I was a kid. And nobody did this. And now people are starting to do this more. And when I feel that, I front and I grab at my powers.
3: I think for me, it when I'm in, because like, I don't get into like vulnerable states. Um, it's very, well, I'm trying to think of examples cause there's two that really stand out, um, as like places where like I grab at those powers where I put on like this front of like, I am powerful. I am in control mm-hmm. keyword there in control. Um, but I think it's it's usually after having been betrayed. Uh, there was like two instances in the past years and they were just work instances where like, I was doing my best, I was giving everything that I could and they were just bold enough to be like, yeah, that's not enough, you're doing awful, you need to do better. And it's just like, I'm sorry, you're not helping. Like, what what the fuck do you want me to do? Like. Yeah. It was very much like, I felt betrayed by- This is my best. <laughs> yeah, like it's, this, you've not set me up for success. There's no like coaching, there's no teamwork. It's very much, you have to do everything and now you're just failing at it. And it's like, it was very much like a betrayal. And I remember in those instances, my first response is the walls to go flying up. It's to be composed, it's to be, well, The first time it wasn't so as composed because I was very, it was like, I was very depressed. And so like the walls came flying out. Was it a surprise? Huh? Was it a surprise when it happened or were you like ready for it? It's it's usually, it's what I call a cascade failure. It's where it's just a series of events that just keep going down, down, down. And like, I'm trying to fix all these different things, but it just has just escalated into this Mess And when I get to that point, it's just like, all right, I'm taking a step back, walls are coming up, we're gonna be in control now. Um, And like when I worked in New York, there was a, a very strong moment of like, everyone was mad at me. I had done, I was doing my best to be in a managerial, it was like a volunteer managerial position. And I was like, I'm gonna, do my best to make sure everyone's successful and like it just was everything was switching the weather wasn't cooperating all this departments needed my attention and I couldn't give them what they wanted and it was it was just like just cascade failure and so by the end of it I was just like I felt like I did not have support I felt very much betrayed by these people who I was like volunteering my extra time to help them out and so I just withdrew, like would not show emotion to anybody. Like they would come up and be like, hey Ben, and I'd be like, hi, how are you doing? It was just like, it was, like a very, and I'm an expressive person. Like it's a very stark difference going from like, I'm expressive to like cold. Yes, hello. <laughs> exactly, Yeah. and like I've had people, and like there were conversations and it, had, it lasted for like a week or like a week and a half and, like, they'd be like, hey, Ben, are you okay? Like, I, I want to make sure, like, I didn't hurt your feelings. And I'm like, it's fine, you know, I'm just going through some stuff right now, and I'm just working it out. And that was all. And they'd be like, okay?
0: Well, okay, so one of my defense mechanisms is to pull away. And and the way it works with in my mind is fair enough see how you do without me then and like and in my mind i'm going like you're going to miss me when i'm gone um so i'm wondering what in in just like kind of the smallest way that you've got inside of you like what's the like pettiest way you could describe what's really happening in those moments
3: it's Uh, it's like in the corner of my mind I'm trying to nip at it like
2: grab it yeah
3: Uh, it's like a I want to say it's two things Uh, one was actually someone else had pointed it out to me is that like in the betrayal circumstance of like I'm going to get them before they can get me Okay. if that makes any sense so like in those moments they've already betrayed me but like they hadn't fully betrayed it they're still invested in Mm -hmm. my life like it's just like that's an event that happened whereas like i'm like that was a very stark sign i'm going to just like reassess the situation and it's like with certain people i am very much like will do the i'll get them before they get me so i'll just be cold to them and like reject them before they can reject me sorry my mic (laughs) and then I think the second one is kind of like a I need to defend myself like these people are clearly not in it for me I have to it's like I have to take care of that inner child I have to kind of withdraw from like a situation where like people are not in support of me I'm going to try to do my best to support myself by myself and I'm not going to allow other people to see that.
1: So Michael shahan It's Funny actually did a series on like traps of your defensive mechanism. Um, and hearing you describe that kind of sparked this for me.
3: Well, there was us, go ahead, sorry.
1: So it says the fear is a feeling weaker out of control. The defense is trading vulnerability for power or control. But the cost of that is push beyond your own limits and collapse or snap, losing control again.
3: Well, that was... It's that and also there's the other thing that he said, like the where we have like power and like intensity and then like there's that self-destruct. Mm-hmm. Like that's also another word of just like... The one
1: unhealthy you'll, you'll pull back or self-destruct.
3: Yeah, well, it's like I... I'm, I'm an external person. Like I need kind of that, um, external processing. I need that external love. Um, because when I'm by myself, like with the walls up, like I'm doing my best not to crumble, but it often involves like some sort of self-destruct. Um, and so like, that's, I relate to that. Like when the walls do come flying up, it's just like, Ooh, (laughs)
0: i like the i like the uh the non-verbal audio
3: (laughs) well it's it's like it's the thing you identify with mind. i know exactly
0: what you mean when you say it (laughs) it's it's
3: (laughs) very quiet it's like oh no i like i know what i'm doing but like i'm like there's still the very loud like huzzah walls to battle we go ah
0: I, I, yeah, I. There's something. There's something in human beings that I, And I think I don't think this is necessarily to type. I think it's to people. People. All of us kind of have this. We have these areas or these points where, like, self-destruction, self destruction. Self self destructive behavior. There's things in all of us that can make us act against our own interests.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, in a way, like
0: we, like, we can reach a place where we're like, fuck it. I'm not willing to live in a world where this happens, like, even if I die here. Like, the, and that's kind of a, I don't know, there's something, it's, it's counterintuitive, is the best I can say. Like it doesn't seem to make sense based on what we understand about like biology and evolution and natural selection and, and yet we do have these incredibly important social ideas that when you get, and we don't all share the exact same ones, but when you get an individual on theirs, like whichever one that matters most to them, you can get a person to a place where they're like, fucking come at me. Like, I'll die on this hill. And there's something about that that... It's bittersweet. I think there's... I think there's something in there that's very lovely and, like, is profoundly human and is speaks to the essence of consciousness. And also, there's something that's very sad about it, too. It's like... These are, the thi- these are the monsters we have to fight. These are the, the mountains we have to climb also. These are the things we have to die to in order to be, be made new. Um, yeah. So like, I, like I identify with that sentiment. I have felt those, those moments in my life where I've just felt like, come what may, I am not crossing this, this line. Like, and I don't care how much you demand of me or how much you torture me into it. There's no way that I'm stepping foot across this line. And again, our best stories, our best examples from history are rooted in that idea. And also our worst ones are too. (laughs) Like the worst, most tragic most horrifying stories in human history are also rooted in the same exact thing like and so i so i, I do know i i don't really have a point here other than just like
3: well, would you
0: look at that you know like, well
3: yeah well like it's like as part of being an enfj we f- are very deeply feeling people or at least with me i'm a very deeply feeling person and so sometimes when in those cascade failures, it's like, I have all these emotions, I have like this intensity and it just goes out like a wildfire and it just burns, everything's burning. And like, but like, as with all wildfires, like it dies down and you're left with like the cinders of just charcoal mm-hmm. trees and stuff. But like, and there's just like this quiet peace in a way of just like, and like that goes back to my inner child or like, I imagine myself as dang, the ass Avatar just, Ah, wildfire and then after it's all said and done with all the destruction and the, the the cinders and like stuff like that and it's just like quiet there's like that inner child that's like i just wanted to be loved and hugged
1: mm-hmm.
3: and then like new life breathes as i kind of rebuild from
1: i get the sense that you feel something beautiful in that destruction, too, though.
3: Well, that's well, that's the point. Because, like, with every wildfire, new life breathes. It's, like, it's new. It's a new forest. Like, nuts. New ferns. Like, new ways for it to grow.
0: Yeah, the The challenge in that is, what about the people in the forest?
3: Well, I've never imagined they, it. They all people. dead now. <laughs> well, I guess. But, like, I've never... I.
0: Well, to, to extend the metaphor to what I think you're, you're talking about, it's the, it's, you know, uh, when a connection is budding and somebody messes up or does something that feels like a betrayal to you, that's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This is all, I'm saying it like a statement. I do mean it as a question. Okay. So when that happens, that's when the walls come up and that's when the, like, burn it down intensity can come?
3: Uh no. Okay. That is the burning intensity come one May is the result of like a series of multiple events just happening at the same time where like my mental health state is like at a low. And like it usually involves people. It's usually I've been betrayed and like I don't have any I don't have a support system. And like when I'm down, I like to have a support system. And be like, "Hey, can I talk about this?" Or, "Hey, this happened. Can we play board games? Can we? Can I get out of like this situation?" But like when I'm alone, like one of my biggest fears is being alone. Like mm-hmm. I don't like being alone. And so like those like fire burning and like, like that's
0: another thing. Like it's I like, identify with that. That was my that was my biggest uh, source of pain. When, like when and particularly when I was going. When I was going through the divorce, and the reason I was in a relationship that ended in divorce is because of my fear of being alone. I shouldn't have been with that woman in the first place.
3: Yeah. I was
0: just with her because I was afraid of being alone. And this is what I could kind of lock down. And, like, I remember identifying that as, like, a, the thing. I remember being like, so much of my life has been driven by this. I can't be with myself. Like I can't, I can't stand myself as my own company. Like it there, it's hard to describe. Although I, th- it's not that hard to describe because I think a lot of people understand exactly what I'm talking about.
3: Oh yeah, I'm there's sure. like a,
0: there's like a, an acute emotional pain to it, like that that borders on physical pain. It, it's it is like it's people who don't have it can't understand it, but it's really difficult and painful and existentially like dreadful
3: well i think it's it very much varies on like a person's experience like some people have been like surrounded by people their whole life and they've had people to kind of go to in those situations Uh, but there's others who've had experiences that they can't share with others or they just feel very alone and that's like i think the key word is when they feel alone they can have like a million other people But it's when they feel alone. That's kind of where, like. Well, there's
0: a difference between knowing people and having like friends, Mm -hmm. in a real sense. Having like comrades, like a fellowship. The what you were talking about earlier, like, because I had, I've always had friends.
3: Well, yeah, but I'm I'm more focused on like the feel alone. Because like even in those like situ, in that like cascade failure situation, I still call them my friends. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were. We, like we've gone through stuff together and like but it was just like i felt alone that was the, the key word that's where mm-hmm. that's how i get to those spaces is when i feel truly alone like i don't have anyone to go to like there's just like there's some there's a barrier in between me and them that i had built or they had built or like something i was gonna
1: say do you feel like you build those barriers
3: and i feel like it does mostly come from me um there are a couple situations where like they also probably had a barrier like there's might be like two walls between us or like something like Mm -hmm. that Uh, but like in the instance of like one event happening between me and another person doesn't instantaneously into instantaneously combust into flames like i'm not that quick but like it will very much like i I, like a bridge like i'm not quick to burn the bridge right off the bat it's Mm -hmm. more like do I need to downsize this bridge? Like, does this bridge need to go from a highway to maybe like a sidewalk? Mm-hmm. Like, like I put that into the question. Um, yeah.
0: Sorry, there was something there was something you said that made me. I, I forgot it. Who cares?
1: <laughs> Who cares? We're at, we're at about time. But as you were describing that, the thing that kind of came to my mind. I've been trying to think in like metaphors because I know that that's like a way that you tend to like relate I do to life love metaphors I immediately like hearing you describe that I gravitated to the moment in Hamilton where Eliza finds out that Alexander was cheating on her and he he wrote it out and she sings the song burn and you're familiar with Hamilton right Nope. Okay. Sorry. What? Well,
3: I know. I am an uncultured. You should you okay. should listen
1: to this song.
3: For real though. <laughs> yeah. You should listen to this song because
1: essentially what she says in the song is like, I'm not going to be a part of the narrative. I hope that you burn. Like She I'm,
0: erases herself from history. She erases
1: herself from the memory. Yeah. Let the world find out how Eliza reacted when you broke her heart watching the, the, it burn. I but don't
3: identify with that mostly because like if, if Eliza had like a really strong relationship with Hamilton like i'd still be the idiot who's like you cheated on me but like let's like if i had reached that point of loyalty i would still run back to them well
1: that's the thing she does
3: she does okay well that's the at.
1: she does but also like in that song her whole argument is i'm not going to sit here and be the victim and fall into this trap of like letting the world see how i reacted when you broke my heart i'm just not going to say anything
0: which which is a a confrontation to a man who who writes right everything right, <laughs> like, right. It, oh, okay that makes sense that was she's, like... she's she picks a very pointed and personal way to exclude herself from, like...
1: From the narrative.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's the, like, you... Because he literally wrote down their whole affair and publicized it.
1: Before he told as her. As a preemptive... Wow. As yeah. a
0: preemptive way to get ahead of the story, so to speak. And then, and her response was, okay, then from me, sorry
1: like, which, is, which is like hearing you describe like these well that's you should listen to the song because that's like i think of how like powerful you should watch that the moment, show everybody yeah. should
0: watch the show but i think not to powerful, jump on a bandwagon but it really there's a reason for it it's a it's a really great show it is it's very really
1: good. good but i think of like how powerful that moment was and also how like sad and devastating listen to the song i think it encapsulates some of what you're talking about pretty well
3: yeah um
0: it uh, we are we're right at uh an hour and a half of actual recorded because we did lose some yeah
1: not much we only lost like just a minute a little,
0: just a bit um <coughs> excuse me wrong pipe uh we always end up in by cheersing uh anything come to mind i'm always happy to lead as Go. i as i uh, cheersing do. yeah
3: Ooh, I've got a good one. Or at least I'll, I'll throw it out. You might not like it, but it's like...
0: Oh, I'll tell you.
3: <laughs> here's to surviving in a world where I miss you doesn't mean I'm coming back, and I love you doesn't mean I'll stay. <laughs> I like that one, actually.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: I, uh, I, uh, it was one of our little clips that Courtney recorded while we were, uh, podcast- we were doing Preston's. And uh, I, the, he, Preston was talking about how his dad asked him this question about a girl that he was with. He's like, are you in the relationship because you love her? And I just loved that question so much. And because to me it was like, just because you love someone doesn't mean you should be with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And like that's what, what you just said reminds me of. So to, here's, cheers to all the loves that we could have and mostly to the healthy ones that we do have
1: mm, I, honestly i'm gonna cheers to that that eliza hamilton moment because <laughs> now that's all i can think about so that's what i'm cheersing to Alrighty. righty the power to be brave and also like still loyal i think that's something pretty incredible that you have been and I admire it.
0: Uh, allowing there's a there's a tremendous. I think this is actually a lot of gospel stuff too. There's a tremendous amount of life-giving power in the allowing things that tend to separate us—anger, fear, sadness—allowing those to drive us to connection.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, like I mean, that's that's the stuff that life's made up, man. Yeah. like driving driving us towards connection not I'm not talking about we need to be careful I don't want to be complicit in abuse and enabling and yeah like yeah <laughs> that, that's not what I'm talking about if you're being abused find a house find help there are lots of support systems and god if you just if you're just at your wits end and you don't know anywhere else like fucking email me and I'll I'll google it for you like I'll figure it out Like, um, so I, like, I, I'm not an advocate for that, but in the midst of reconcilable, reconcilable relationships, when fear and anger and, and all kinds of negative emotions that are hard to feel can drive us towards connection, like that's, that's where it's at. So Cheers.
3: Cheers. Good
1: night, everybody.
0: Let's stop the recording before it fucking malfunctions. At
1: least it only stopped that once.